0: as we've been in this series this this quarter looking at um the book of acts and looking at who we are becoming as a community the ways that we are changing the ways that we are moving forward um we're looking at this this idea of acts of boldness acts of bold change i actually entitled this sermon uh nothing was the same because when we interact with jesus nothing is the same but it didn't work like acts of nothing was the same doesn't fit as well As acts of boldness. Someone with acts of boldness just to stay unified. Um, But last week, Swope, Matt Swope, give it up for Swope, our intern. He crushed it. Way to go. Way to go. Very proud of you. He, um... He spoke and he talked us through this story in Acts chapter 3 where these two men, Peter and John, were walking through and walking into the temple to worship. And they found this man who was crippled and they spoke this word into him. They reached out their hand, extended a hand to him, helped him up, and they actually healed this man in the name of Jesus. They healed this man who had been crippled for over 40 years of his life. He had not been able to take a step. And they spoke into him, get up and walk. They grabbed his hand, he stood up, and he walked. They spoke change into his life. It is incredible. And not only that, when the community around saw the the life-changing event that happened in this man's life, the community around them was changed. So these two men step out in boldness. They speak a word of truth into a man's life. His life is changed. The community sees that truth, sees the boldness of these two men, and the community is changed. It's incredible. What is it about these two men? Swope gave us an incredible look from three different perspectives into that story. He looked at the crowd. He looked at the man who was healed. He looked at Peter and John themselves. Tonight, we're going to look at why Peter and John had the opportunity, had the ability to change this man's life. It's because they had had their lives changed by Jesus Christ. Sound good? Y'all on board? You with me? Can I get a little response? Like I want like some interaction. We're going to have some fun. All right, if y'all would pray with me, we're going to keep going. Father God, thank you so much for tonight. God, thank you for all that you're doing. Jesus, I'm just so blown away that I get to be a part of what's going on here in Seattle. Uh, Man, now we're wrapping. Man, as I think about all the times that I almost tried to leave this city, but you kept bringing me back, I thank you that I get to be here tonight to be with these people, to hear what you have to say to us. God, I pray that whatever is from me would be forgotten. Whatever is from you would be remembered. God, I pray that you would not just give us inspiration, that you would not just give us information, but you would give us revelation and that revelation would change our lives, God. We pray for your Holy Spirit to be with us tonight. In your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. So last week, Peter and John healed this dude. And some crazy things happen. The community recognizes and sees it. But what happens is they, they heal this man and people see it and they're like, well, how did you heal this man? And they're like, well, actually, it wasn't us. It was this man, Jesus. You know, you guys killed him and he rose again and he gave us his Holy Spirit. And and because of all that, like we healed this man in the name of Jesus. And that's what Jesus does when he rose again, when he rose from the dead. Uh, in that, everything was being renewed and restored. And so because of that power, uh, we were able to heal this guy and all the like people of the law and like the the head honchos of the town at the time were like, no, 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 they didn't like it. They didn't like what they were saying. They didn't like how they were going against them and preaching about Jesus, the man that they had killed. And so they're like, ah, we're going to arrest you. So that's how it works. Um, they heal this guy and they get arrested. So they do a good thing and then they get arrested. Pretty cool. Um, and, uh, We kind of catch up with the story after they've been arrested and they are um, in front of the in front of the crowd that they've been arrested with. We're going to read through Acts four, the first part here. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees. These are all the people that were in charge that had arrested Peter and John came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles, Peter and John, were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Now it says men here, and that's because it is a patriarchal society when this was written. But when it says 5,000 men, that's just the men. So that means that women and children also came to believe. So that 5,000, probably double it, which is dope. Um, the next day, the rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. and Annas, the high priest, was there. And so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? How did you heal this dude? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the presence of Jesus himself, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness, shown to a man who was lame, who could not walk, and are being asked how he is healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel— It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. I love this story. There's so much going on here. They've just healed a dude. They got arrested for it. Now they're asked how they did it. And they just get up and boldly proclaim, it was Jesus. Jesus, the one you rejected, the one that you said you don't want anything to do with, he still steps into the community and is for you, even though you're not for him. That's incredible. They get up and boldly proclaim this. But what's interesting to me What's interesting to me, can we highlight Acts 13, please? I think it's the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. What's crazy to me is like they weren't astonished by the fact that they healed the dude. They weren't astonished by the fact that uh, thousands of people came to believe Jesus because this dude was healed. They were astonished by the fact that Peter and John were bold. And courageous. It says in the ESV, a different version written by a different person that just kind of gives different words to the same story. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I love that. The next slide, we'll get one more version just to hammer home the point. They couldn't take their eyes off of them. This is the message version. It's written by Eugene Peterson. He says it's for every person. It's the, it's the easy way, not the easy way, it's, it's a more accessible way to read scripture that can sometimes seem really heady. So they couldn't take their eyes off of them. Peter and John standing there so confident, so sure of themselves. Their fascination deepened when they realized these two were laymen, that they had no training in scripture or formal education. They recognized them as companions of Jesus, but with the man right before them, seeing him standing there upright, so healed. What could they say against that? Clearly, these people were taken aback by the boldness of Peter and John. That's what stands out to them. And I think that that it always makes me curious why that's the thing that stood out to them. But as I dug deeper into the story, as we dig deeper into it, I think there's a lot more going on. There's layers to this. Tierra Massou. Tierra (laughs) Massew. I'm an idiot. Uh, These people knew Peter and John. Like this is the thing. Peter and John were here. They've been in Jerusalem. They've been riding with Jesus, who was a very controversial person. All these people that were there, these wouldn't be. They, Peter and John wouldn't be new people to them. They'd seen them. They'd known them. They'd known who they were. And so, like, what stands out is that they were bold. So, like, that's the change. Like, something had changed in them. And and I want to go back and look a little bit at at their stories a little bit and see how they're different now in this story than they were before in the past. And so, like Mike explained a little bit, is that. Acts is a two-part book. It's the second part of this book called Luke Acts that's written by this dude named Luke. And in the first part, in Luke chapter 22, the author writes about Peter. And he writes that Peter was so, this is the thing, Peter was bold, like that's who he was. But he was kind of like, I relate with Peter. He was bold, like he just ran his mouth. So like Jesus was saying, hey, I need to die and this is a thing that needs to happen. And Peter's like, no, that's not going to happen. I, I promise you, we're going to fight. We're going to fight till the end. And we're going to make sure you don't die, Jesus, because I love you. And uh, <laughs> that's probably how he said it. And Jesus was like, Peter, I love your excitement. I love your ambition. But believe me, you're going to deny me three times before I even uh, die in the next couple days. And uh, Peter's like, no, that'll never happen, Lord. I promise you, I'd never deny you. And over the next uh, 24 hours, uh, Peter denies Jesus three times. People come up and ask him three different times. They say, hey, aren't you that guy that was riding with that dude, Jesus? And he's like, no, no, it wasn't me. Uh, he's like, Shaggy, it wasn't me. He got out of there. <laughs> feeling it tonight. <laughs> he's like, it wasn't me. And, <laughs> Uh, I 'm here all week, um, and uh, he does it again. Someone else comes up to him. A little girl comes up to him and says, "Hey, I know I saw you with Jesus." And he's like, "No, no, no, you are mistaken. I was not with him." And it happens a third time. He says, like, "Well, with me. It happens a third time." And this time, like he is so, so like ashamed that he that people are thinking that he had been with Jesus. That he like it says that he put a curse on the people that asked him. And I translate that as like he like cussed them out. Was like no f this. I wasn't with Jesus. Like he gets mad, right? Like he was frustrated. And then and then this thing happens where he realizes that he had denied Jesus three times. This is this still. this dude, Peter, who we find in Acts, that's boldly proclaiming in front of thousands of people that Jesus is the son of God, risen, died and risen for the, for the forgiveness of sins and salvation. We see him earlier on in the same group of writings being timid in front of a little girl. Not that little girls aren't powerful. They are. But she comes up to him and she says, hey, don't you know, like you think like. She probably got these big puppy dog eyes like she she probably was innocent and just wanted to like know maybe she loved jesus and she was like hey you were with jesus right and he's like no get away from me like this dude was timid and yet we find here in acts he is bold and let's go to john let's not let john get away from this uh john cracks me up um so John and Peter, like, they were always fighting. Like, as you read through the Gospels, read through the stories of Jesus, they're always fighting to see who was Jesus' best friend. It's pretty funny. Like, Jesus was kind of rolling. And like, and they were just like, hey, you know what? Jesus loves me the most. No, actually, he loves me the most. And I think John really took this personal. Um, I like to say that John was uh, the pettyweight champion of the world. First one ever. <laughs> um, shout out Shay Chase Toronto for that one. And this dude was so competitive that... He wrote, he wrote a book of the Bible. It's called the book of John. And he literally wrote in that him and Peter were racing to the tomb of Jesus. And this has, like, no bearing on the story whatsoever. And he says, I beat Peter to the tomb. <laughs> and that's not petty. I don't know what is. Like... John wanted to one up Peter so bad in the book of the Bible that he wrote. That is like thousands of years later, we still read. And Peter beat, or Peter lost the race to John. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, that's smart, actually. So, if you ever write a book, <laughs> there you go. Um, but what is it? We see that earlier on, John and Peter have such competition over Jesus, but here we find them together and we just see John being the super homie where he's like, yeah, Peter, you cook. Speak, man. You got this. Oh, we just heal the guy together. Like, oh, we're getting arrested. All right. I'm, I'm getting arrested with Peter. Let's go. We're in this together. Something changed in John, where he went from being like, you are my number one competition for Jesus is affection to you are my number one rider as we go to change the world in Jesus name. Something changed in him. So what is it? The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the men of the law sought. Can we bring up uh, verse 13 again? They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's the change. That's the thing right there that changed these men. They spent time with Jesus. They didn't just meet him once. They didn't just have one little interaction with him. They spent time with Jesus. They had been with him. They had lived life with Jesus. Um, there's, this, uh, there's this pastor in LA who's from South Africa that I love. His name's Chris Venant And he talks about the, the, the generations of us. And he, he says that his generation, he's a little bit older, and my parents' generation, our parents' generation, was a generation uh, that, that thought about God um, through thought and intellect, mostly. And, and, and he argues that God's not just a God of thought. And they were very much in the Descartes um, belief of, I think, therefore I am. So if I think it, and, and if I think it is logically sound, then I believe it. And he argues that the generation before us was that. But then he says that our generation is more of a feeling generation and that our generation of people kind of uses this phrase, I feel, therefore I am. If I feel a certain way, then it's right. If I feel that this is good, then it's right. You guys tracking with that? It's not like a 100% accurate, but for the most part, I think we're kind of like that. That's all right. But... This 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 pastor argues that God's not just a god of thought and intellect and he's not just a god of feeling that's not the only, that's not like we lim- when we limit God to re- to telling us who he is just through those things we're shortchanging who God is. He he argues that God is a god of revelation that God reveals himself to us. And the definition of revelation is the divine or supernatural disclosure to humans of something relating to human existence or the world. That's a heady way of saying when something crazy happens, it shows you that something is more than what you thought before. Peter and John had a revelation with Jesus, but they didn't stop there. Let's go back to the first time they met Jesus. They were in a boat. They were fishermen. That was their lives. They had been fishermen their whole lives. And this man, Jesus, who was changing the world, he's going around preaching and teaching, healing people, comes and says, hey, I'm going to use your boat He says to Peter, I'm going to use your boat to preach. And he steps into Peter's boat and he preaches. If you want to, if you want to hear this story or read this story, it's in Matthew three and Luke five, I believe I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. Um, and, uh, and he gets in the boat with Peter and he preaches this incredible message and he gives this miracle and uh, Peter catches a bunch of fish. It's pretty cool. Go check it out. Another sermon for another time. But what's crazy is in this miracle, in this revelation, Jesus starts to speak some truth into Peter's life for the first time. See, Peter's name used to actually be Simon. And when Jesus first meets Peter, he says, Simon, I'm going to change your name to Peter. In the Greek, it is Petros, which means rock, because you're going to be my rock who I'm going to build my church upon. He just met him for the first time. But this is the truth that Jesus spoke over. Peter, don't tell me that words don't have meaning. He speaks this into existence into Peter's life. And Peter could have stopped right there, been like, thank you, sir. That is awesome. I appreciate it. What an incredible moment. Walked away, gone on with his life and told countless people. Guys, I met Jesus. He changed my life. I caught a bunch of fish. He preached from my boat and he named me Peter. Because I'm the rock. You think Dwayne Johnson got anything on me? Nope. <laughs> Thank you. He had this moment with Jesus where Jesus interacted with his life, but he didn't stop there. Jesus said, you know what? I'm changing your name to Peter and I want you to follow me. I want you to do life with me. And Peter left everything and did life with Jesus. His life was changed. And then there was more and more revelation. He walked on water. He denied Jesus. He was redeemed by Jesus. Jesus forgave him. Countless, countless stories throughout the Gospels, throughout the story of Jesus, where we see Jesus reveal to Peter who Jesus is, who Peter is, who the world is. Revelation after revelation after revelation continually changing Peter's life until we find him here in Acts chapter four with the boldness and the courage to stand up in front of thousands of people and proclaim Jesus' name in truth. He was a changed man, not from one interaction with Jesus, but from a life spent with Jesus. John has the same story. They met Jesus in the same interaction and John continually lived a life with Jesus. So what's that mean for us? That's Peter and John's story, right? It reminds me of a concert. Seems like a stretch. It won't be. It reminds me of a concert. I was at a concert one time. It was a John Legend concert. Got any John Legend fans out here? Yeah, yeah. John Legend concert, and uh me and two of my buddies are sitting there. We kinda we had like decent seats, but we're sitting uh kind of right by an exit. Uh we got some of the last tickets in there, it was incredible. Don't know how it worked out, but we're in there and uh the concert's about to start, the lights go dim, and John Legend walks out right beside us, shakes our three hands, doesn't shake anybody else's hands, walks to the front <laughs> of the stage. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Just shook John Legend's hand. I kid you not. So I was like, we were on cloud nine another pun. That's one of his songs. Look it up. It's good. We were on cloud nine, like shook his hand. And like, I, I, I promise you, like, this is, this is really what I thought. Like I got home, I'm like posting pictures, shook John Legend's hand tonight, never going to wash it. Going to be a huge musician now. Like I was like, some of that power rubbed off on me. I'm going to learn to play piano. I'm going to sing. It's going to be dope. Uh, I probably practiced piano again. Like I took piano lessons when I was younger and gave up like, you know, normal people anyways. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wish I played piano still. It's, it's a gift. I'd be like John Legend maybe. Uh, but I'm like, I'm going to practice. And I started practicing. And I practiced for like a week. And then I got bored. And I moved on. But it's a dope story that I can continue to go back to and tell people. I met John Legend. I shook his hand. This one right here. You can be one degree away from John Legend. You shake my hand. So but how, how different would that story have been if, if if, when I met or when I shook John Legend's hand, he said to me, hey, Chris, I've seen who you are. Um, I want you to come follow me, do life with me. I am going to take you under my wing and I'm going to teach you to play piano like me. I'm going to teach you to sing and uh, I'm going to show you how I live life, do management, do tours and all that. And you are going to uh, become the next me. And if I had said yes and jumped into that and started to do life with John Legend, my life would look very different. So here's here's an exercise I want for you to have. Think of the most influential person you know. The person that you look up to and you're like, oh my gosh, if they asked me for to do an internship with them tomorrow, I'd do it. You got it? In your head? I think some of you do. For me, when I first thought of this, it was Jay-Z and I was like, if Jay-Z came to me tomorrow and said, All right, Chris, you're with me, um <laughs> you're gonna be my guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you on my tour. You're gonna you're gonna come with me. We're gonna um, run. The, uh, we're gonna go on, on the run tour too. Me, you, Beyonce is gonna be dope. I was like, yes, thank you, Hove. Oh my goodness, Sean, Mr. Carter, thank you. Um, <laughs> like I would drop everything in a second. Go be like go walk with him, follow him, and my life would look radically different. Radically different than what it looks like. That's what Jay Z. Picture of the God of the universe, the one that created the ground you're sitting on, that created the breath that you're breathing, that raised the mountains, raised Rainier, that created the water that you drink, that created the oceans, that created the sun, the universe, and everything in it, came to you and said, hey, I see you, I know you, I love you, come walk with me. Let's do life together. If I would do that in a heartbeat for Jay-Z, why don't I do that for Jesus? Jesus. I thank God that Peter and John didn't just have a one off experience with Jesus. Because so often, so often, Jesus comes and offers us life, offers us a relationship with Him, and we settle for a handshake. And we say, This is good. This is awesome. And we walk away, and for a week, we're like, I had this incredible experience with Jesus. Oh my gosh, life has changed. Oh my goodness. And we think we've had this revelation and now we got it. Tell me you haven't done this. It's like, oh, I had this incredible experience with God. Changed my life. Now I've got it all figured out. (laughs) Trust me, I do that all the time. (laughs) All the time. That is, yeah, camp high, for sure. I'm not trying to shoot any shots, but that's real. And like... The difference between what Peter and John did is that they continued to step in and continue to go from revelation to revelation to revelation to revelation to revelation. revelation. They didn't let one experience define their lives. They let the relationship with Jesus define and change their lives. Jesus spoke a truth into Peter's life and continued to speak truth into Peter's life over and over and over again as Peter changed. Guys, this is what we're doing as a community. This year, you've heard us say a lot of things. A lot of things. We say we're discovering real life in Jesus Christ. We say that you are home here. We say that you are loved here. We've also said a lot that we are becoming a multi-ethnic, multicultural community, living into the kingdom of God. We say that a lot. But we don't just say that because it's a good thought. We don't just say it because it feels good or feels like the right thing to do. We say it because God revealed to us that this is what he has for this community. And we're not gonna shut up about it. Just like Peter wasn't gonna shut up that Jesus died, rose again, and changed his life. Guys, we're gonna continue to speak this until it becomes a reality. But I guess what? Look around. A year ago, this room didn't look like this. It's not perfect yet. But it's changing. It's changing. We are going to continue to speak this into existence until it becomes a reality or until God reveals something different to us. But we are not going to stop at the revelations that happened 10, 15 years ago and say, that's good. We'll just keep preaching that. We are going to continue to be in relationship with Jesus and let him reveal new or newer things to us. So that's... My challenge to you to all of us, to myself. What does it look like for us to not just settle for a handshake? When was the last revelation that we had? Did it give us life? Great. Let's keep going till we get the next revelation. Let's keep seeking after Jesus till He reveals himself to us more, till he reveals who we are more, till he reveals who, how He sees this world to us more. And then let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again until God's kingdom fully becomes a reality in this world. Sound good? I'm afraid. Father God, thank you for what you're doing here. God, thank you that you are at work in this community. Thank you that you love us so unconditionally, so much more than we could ever imagine. God, I pray that we wouldn't settle for handshakes. I pray we would seek out full relationship with you. God, change us. Move us into boldness, Help us see your face in your kingdom more and more. Praise these in your name, Jesus. Amen.